0: Welcome back to another edition of Between the Horns presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers. It's a rainy, rainy day here in Southern California and also up in the Bay where MJD is, but I'm glad to have my three friends with me today, dry and indoors for the meantime. Um, Today I've got, you know, the same usual cast of characters. How are you guys? MJD, first of all, how is the weather where you are?
1: insane uh they called it a a bomb cyclone here a lot of rain a lot of wind um a couple hours north of me is tahoe a lot of snow a lot of freeways closed and a lot of flooding so we'll see how it goes here in the next couple days
0: yeah get your surfboard ready i know that um it's it's been crazy i've seen some videos of people up near sacramento just surfing in the in the streets so it's been crazy i think the um you know JB, you are not in the normal chair today. I am taking over the controls um, for today. I, I hijacked between between the horns. Um, how are you? We got our helmets matching. Think, things are great.
2: I'm doing great, Erica. Uh, I'm happy to have you take the baton and try a little something new. We're experimenting just like the Rams have been down this closing stretch, right, With between the horns. But uh, morning drop-off went pretty Pretty well, had the uh, drowned rat situation going, but uh, got to first grade and to preschool successfully and back safely. So next stop, uh, downtown Los Angeles with DeMarco for our next show. But so far, so good.
0: Absolutely. And hello, DeMarco. You look dry and cozy.
2: Yeah. yeah. Did you say drowned
3: rat? (laughs) What's a drowned rat? Like a real drowned rat or just something else?
0: Just stuck in the rain, I think. Looks
3: like me with the tail, DeMarco. Gotcha. Okay, now I just it all clicked. Yeah, uh, I'm worried. I got people up north I haven't heard from yet. Uh, Maurice with the bomb cyclone, you just made me nervous. So you know, um, it's one of those things. We stay dry here, and we pray for those up north.
0: Yeah, not very dry here either, though the rain. The rain is coming down where I am. I mean, I want to um, address the Damar Hamlin. injury and and what's been going on and I we just want to start out by sending our thoughts and prayers to him and his family and it's it's so hard to fathom what the Bills and their players and the Bengals and their players being on the field and then just the league at large what all all these players are going to as far down to our players and how it's affecting the Rams um and and everything and so I would love to start with you MJD as a former player and then DeMarco can you talk about basically your your overall reactions, but how players handle situations like these where the game of football isn't necessarily their main focus right now?
1: Yeah, Erica, I, I don't know how you would handle this situation. I've never been put in this situation. Um, but I think the league, I think the Bills and the Bengals, uh, I think the emergency staff, they did everything that they were supposed to do, right? He passes out after a big hit. they're right there on the spot. they transform to the hospital. Both teams decide not to play the game and all the focus goes back on on uh, Hamlin who who is supposed to be right And so I, I think in this situation, and I've talked to a couple of bills players. I have a lot of friends that play for the bills uh, who said they've gotten they've been getting feedback every couple hours uh, here. I know they just there's a report that just came out that he's he's doing much better now. And that's all they've been worried about. I don't even know if they've practiced, to be honest with you, uh, for their next their week eighteen game, week eighteenth game uh, against the Patriots. They've literally been focused on their teammate and their brother. And so, and with the Bengals on the other side, they're dealing with the same issue. uh, To see that those events kind of go. And I was on air when this happened. It was kind of all a shock at first. You thought maybe he lost his breath, or uh, you know they're just trying to get him back, and he'll get back back up but then to hear about the cardiac arrest and all the other little different things that were going on with it. It's tough to get players to go out there and practice and, and try to play right. And, and be able to go out there DeMarco correct me if I'm wrong, but to play this, this game, this, the way it needs to be played right. With, with, with Uh, explosive sense of urgency and and going in there and making big hits or running through a guy to get a tackle after seeing something like that. And I think the league did a great job of getting the mental health coaches and psychologists all around to help players, coaches, staff that need it after seeing that type of event.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you, Maurice. Um, It's hard, man. You know, I've I've seen – I've played – I've had teammates die in college, and you, you have to think about that as you move on. Um, with this situation, you've already compartmentalized it because there's another week coming, um, but he's never far from your thoughts. I mean, everyone has gotten up, uh, made breakfast for their kids, went to bed, did everything they needed to do during the day, and still thought about him. So same for football players. Um, y- you have to compartmentalize and move on all while keeping concern for your brother. Uh, But it is it's hard, man. I mean, look, I've seen guys go limp. I've seen guys go get knocked out cold uh, where they're bleeding from the nose and the ears. And it's scary. It brings you back to reality. Uh, You you get yourself so worked up uh, before you take the field. Um, And because you're trying to forget about the fact that this could be the last time you'd walk on and off the field on your own power. So. You, you're in a like a trance-like mode when you're playing. And then when you see something like that, it brings you right back to reality. Like, wow, that could happen to me. Um, I've heard this about NASCAR drivers. Uh, if if you get a NASCAR driver to a funeral before he's dead, you've done something because they don't want to be reminded of what can happen when they get in the car. Same with football. So uh, you, you care about your brother. Uh, you know he's getting the best care possible. Uh, they're doing anything and everything for him right now. So at least you have that part of it. Um, You can be comforted. He's being taken care of. Uh, So I told the guys the other day, it's going to go from outright concern to it's going to turn into, we're going to play for you now. Uh, One of our guys is down. Uh, He wishes he could be there. Uh, You might get a message from his family that says he wants you to go out and win the whole thing for him. So it's going to start to turn to uh, a galvanizing thing of what happened. But it is tragic. It's sad. It's a reminder of how dangerous this sport is. Um, and how violent, um, as Maurice went way out of his way not to say the word violent, but it is. Uh, that's what this sport is. Uh, I would say this. Uh, hitting big guys is no problem. Catching these small guys in the chest, that could be an issue. It'll knock the wind out of you. Uh, if you hit, if a guy hits you the wrong way, bad things can happen. I've only seen something like this happen one other time, but it was in hockey. Uh, a defenseman took a slap shot to the chest, and it knocked his heart out of rhythm, and it dropped him just like that, so... Uh, It was hard talking to those players. Um, Do you worry about getting hit with slap shots? They said, oh, yeah, yeah. And hockey players are known to be the most jovial guys. But when they were talking about this, they got really serious about it. But they picked it up, they moved on, and they kept playing. So uh, that's the job of a professional athlete. This is a very dangerous sport, and I think we were all reminded of that uh, a couple of days ago.
0: Definitely. JB, I'd love your your thoughts, and I know that Bobby Wagner and Coach McVay addressed the media. I, I thought it was, th- you know, there's a lot to talk about in, in just a little bit of time before before we move on. I just feel that there have been a lot of positives to come out of this as well, to see the league all come together like this in the football community with, you know, his toy drive being, you know, $2,500 of a a bonus, or that was his goal, and it's over $6.5 million as of as of yesterday last night last time i've checked and i'm sure it's even more you know this morning
2: yeah uh well erica you know you and i different than demarco and mjd we talk for a living we write for a living right we offer our opinions and our commentary we didn't play this game and so i don't know how you felt but for much of this week uh, i felt a little bit tongue-tied not wanting to offer my irrelevant contributions to the conversation, but rather to stay back and to listen and to clear the airwaves for people uh, like DeMarco and MJD and those who have played this sport, uh, including Bobby Wagner, and hearing him speak yesterday kind of validated that choice to just stand back and to listen because he did so, so eloquently and with such great perspective in more than a decade in the league. He's seen a lot, including uh, he referenced the injury to his former Seahawks teammate, uh, ricardo lockett as part of his dialogue yesterday and i thought that was really poignant um and the perspective that he and sean mcveigh and several others have offered has been informative uh for me but i also want to make sure that you know my silence or whatever is not interpreted as a lack of care or empathy because uh we were around the dinner table our family was was watching and observing that on monday night and Bar's uh, been in our prayers uh, every night since And when Sean McVay talks about how uh, his perspective has changed, that adversity last year might have been a winless November. This year, it's double digit losses. And then this week specifically, it has nothing to do with wins and losses. I kind of echo that sentiment a little bit. Um, One quick anecdote from the home front that I think maybe illustrates what I'm talking about. Uh, My six year old banged up his finger on his skateboard the other day. Uh, so he's got one of those fingernails that's turned uh, purple and it's mm. been a source of endless fascination, but also pain for him. It's been uh, him and and Hamlin, basically our two main talking points this week on the home front. The other day we're on our way to school in the car and he's just kind of silent and out of nowhere, he says, um, dad, this is really nothing compared to what that Buffalo Bills player is feeling right now, right? And, uh, and, I, and so what I, I thought from that was, man i I can't wait for damar hamlin to walk out of that hospital not so that he can play football again uh, but so that those who love him can put their arms around him and embrace him again and laugh with him and live with him a whole lot more and so that he can open his eyes and open his mind and receive this outpouring uh, of perspective of love of hope that he has sparked and so that he can see those $7 million worth of impact that he can then spin around uh, and touch so many other lives, right? Like whether or not he plays another down of football again, he's going to walk out of that hospital uh, a much more impactful figure than before this, this tragedy that he suffered. So uh, hopefully that, that added something to the conversation, even though that was not my aim to it's, it's been more a conversation that I've been trying to learn from.
0: No, I mean, that was just beautifully said. And and I feel the exact, exact same way. Um, the Buffalo Bills posted an update about an hour ago saying that he's shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours while still critically ill. He has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal and he is making steady progress. And then Ian Rappaport also reported that he's gripping hands of loved ones around him as well too. So amazing, amazing news. Um, and we are keeping him and his family in, in in our thoughts, and um, I don't know about the rest of you. I'm sure I speak for the four of you, but uh, I am still refreshing Twitter every you know couple minutes to see if if there's a new update. So we will definitely definitely be on the lookout for that. So there there really is no easy way to transition. Um, or, or tone or, or anything. And I think we're all sort of navigating how, how to handle this week, but the Rams do have their regular season finale against the Seahawks at Lumen field in Seattle, Bobby Wagner's return. And you know, he's, he's walking into that stadium again, JB back to you on top of what you hope to see for Wagner. Like what else do you want to see from the Rams to finish out this season?
2: Yeah, I think it's really the same thing as I hoped for back in early December when he met the Seahawks at SoFi Stadium for the first time, which is that uh, he walks out of there with a game ball that I think he so richly deserves. And I think the day is absolutely going to start with a standing ovation for all the great years that he poured into that franchise and that community. It's been really cool to see uh, following a lot of Seattle media uh, and the responses to their coverage, just how beloved he is there. Uh, And whereas going into that first matchup, I think he played his emotions pretty close to the vest, Erica, uh, and did so with the utmost professionalism. We saw with the ferocity that he brought to the field just how much that meant to him. And I like that this time around, he's talking more transparently, more candidly about the fact that when you play uh, those closest to you, You know what rubs them the wrong way, and they know what buttons of yours to press as well. And so that's a little bit of what we saw back in week 13, and I think we'll see a whole lot more uh, this time around. And it comes with even larger stakes, uh, not for the Rams, but for the Seahawks who uh, need to win and they need to get some help to play on beyond this week.
0: Yeah, DeMarco, I'll, th- I'll throw to you, what are you most looking forward to in this game? It, it could be Bobby-related. It could be the Rams up in Seattle, uh, uh, the ability to play, spoiler, for uh, for a rival in in the division. Um, how do you feel about it?
3: Uh, that, uh, Bobby Wagner, that's that's number one. I just can't wait to see, after warm-ups. Uh, not when he's yeah. out there in street clothes. I mean, when he's out there in uniform, he's got the helmet on and he steps on the field and it's about to get real. Um, I can't wait for that. Um, can't wait to see what the reaction is going to be, uh, up there out of the, uh, the, the Seahawk faithful. Um, they get pretty loud. Um, you've been on the field before uh, they get pretty crazy and they're pretty creative with their insults. So I can't wait to see those guys give Bobby his due. I hope they do. Uh, but then after that, uh, the running back battle to me, I think is going to be something special. Cam Akers has been on fire and, uh, Kenneth Walker, the guy that I compare to Maurice Jones-Drew, has been on fire. I think they've been the best running backs the last two weeks. So uh, that bodes well for the Rams defense and Bobby Wagner. Should be a lot of collisions there. Let's see what happens. But it's loud. Um, if you watch their video and you see the jumps their defensive ends are getting off the ball, you can tell it's loud even without sound. So it's going to be tough on Baker Mayfield. Uh, it would be it, it would benefit the Rams to run the football effectively up in Seattle and try to control that crowd noise. But looking forward to all that, no doubt.
0: Yeah, and and last time MJD, that the Seahawks were at SoFi, Kenneth Walker wasn't playing for the majority of the game. How is this going to impact and how does this make maybe even Bobby Wagner's, you know, he's going to be jumping around a lot more than he was even the last time. That they played
1: no i i think you're right but first i have to talk about this i when you talked about bobby wagner going back to seattle and their fan base i re, i did something it hit me like i remember walking down that hall and i was like why did those fans get to me so much and you're right demarco they they do their research and they really <laughs> get hit you where it hurts like it could be like you remember week such and such where you fumbled or this like they really touch you and so if you're bobby Wagner. And you're going back you know you're going back home you are gonna be excited but I, I think it's going to be a tougher matchup right kenneth walker's there he played a little bit in the first game hurt his ankle was done bobby wagner had a great day this is going to be a different challenge for multiple reasons and erica you talked about it there's more on the line there they're in the playoff hunt they have their they're they're way more healthy than they were when they they first came and you've already played them so they kind of know what you're going to do and you know what they're going to do and so for bobby wagner it's gonna be exciting to go out there and 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 play through that. Can you match up with this younger version of possibly Marshawn Lynch? Or can you match up with the tight ends? Or how do you are you gonna blitz and get to Gino like you did the last time? Uh is the encore better play and a win, or I mean worse play and a win, or is it better play and, and you know you're still fighting and then you may lose? And so I think for Bobby Wagner and any any professional player, you'll do whatever it takes to win. And, and I think for him, he's going to show out like he did this last time. I think the team understands how much it means to him after the first time they played at SoFi. And uh, I believe the Rams are going to go out there and, sh- and sh- really show what they can do. Because the last time they played, they had the game won until the last, what, couple minutes of the game. And so they still feel that. And you can tell this team is excited and they still go out there and they play with the – the thought of winning games. And, and we've talked about it before. How do you want to finish this season with all you've gone through? The best way to do it is by knocking out a rival. So they don't have a chance to get into the playoffs.
2: And Eric, I'll just tack on to that. The Rams running game, as we know, going as good as it's been in two years now with Cam Akers. Uh, and now they're going to face one of the most porous run defenses in the national football league in Seattle. And that was before they lost Bobby Wagner's replacement Jordan Brooks, to a season-ending ACL injury last week against the Jets. So there's a huge opportunity there uh, for Akers and this offensive line. And then conversely, I think we all probably feel like the Rams put their most disappointing defensive effort out against the Chargers last week, certainly with respect to stuffing the run, which has been a calling card of theirs really for the past several years uh, against Eckler and company. So I'm sure they want to respond the right way against Walker and the Seahawks attack, and it's a nice redemption opportunity for them.
0: Absolutely, and and I think so. Nate Burleson was on Ricky's Ram Jam this week, and he talked about actually playing spoiler, being in the being in the locker room, and you talk to your your the guy next to you, and you're like, pick your favorite villain, you know, in a Marvel movie or something, and we are going to be that today. I'm curious, Demargo and MJD, basically, you know, I guess this just goes to show how much more professional um you know professional football players are than myself because if i'm like oh it's the last last game let me just put my head down and get through this can you talk about both of you I'm, i'm so curious your perspective about okay it's week 18 this is our last time this could be my last time in a rams uniform for some of our free agents what what does this mean to this isn't the season we want coach McVay said that it may have been you know a a failure of of him for this past year like they're all being very reflective what does number one we can knock out the Seahawks number two it's week 18. Let's not be like Erica and just get through the game to (laughs) to get onto our vacation like what how you channel this this energy
3: well, I mean, I think there's the, if you want to play spoiler, that's one thing. Are you good enough to be a spoiler? Is That's that's what we're going to find out. So, look, um, you saw what happened with the Chargers. And Maurice and I, we talked on, on the way out of the booth. Um, that's a playoff football team, and it looked a lot different, didn't it? Uh, Seattle is a fringe playoff team. I mean, they're, if they play their best game, uh, the Rams are going to have their hands full. So, wanting to play spoiler is one thing. Actually getting it done is another. But – Look, uh, I'm glad there's something that the Seahawks are playing for at the end of the year, because if both teams are out, then I think, Erica, you'd be dead on. And uh, it's human nature. I remember playing the Saints at the end of the year when Jim Everett was the quarterback, and they had one check, and that's all he would go to. And I kept making the play over and over again and celebrating it. And he gave me a look like, really? You're going to (laughs) celebrate that? You know, I'm, I'm only giving you one check. So... It is human nature. It's 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 the end of the year. Uh, you know, you want to get on with the off season and how to fix your problems. But I am so glad the Seahawks are. They they have something to play for, which will give the Rams something to play for. So uh, the Seahawks are going to have to bring it, and I hope the Rams will match that effort in Seattle.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I, I think Nate Burleson's best job is television because yeah. he make it seem <laughs> like they're in the locker room talking about like that. Is, that does not happen, and it might have no? happened with him but he like puts extra on everything. And I love Nate for that because it just makes, it makes the locker room seem so much more Erica there. I would say this. I've been on teams where 80% of the guys have been like you, like, look, we're, we're setting up plans. We're going to, you know, Vegas or wherever the, the hot spot is that year. Um, and I always, always tell guys, remember, we're still being evaluated. Right. And so you still got to go out there and put your best foot forward. If not for this team but for 31 other teams. Right. And so, that's how you play. Spoiler alert! Just playing your best ball. It's not necessarily ever been about the other team and what they do. It's about you and and getting better and making sure that you leave you end the season on a good note. Uh, you never want to end the season on a on a on a place where you know the front office is questioning: Does he still want to play the game, or does he still have it, or uh, is he still in it? And I can give you a great example: 2011. We I think we might have won four games. We are playing the Indianapolis Colts. We are playing the Colts. They had the, like, two seed. We had, like, the three seed or something going into the draft. And pretty much whoever lost his game was going to be one of the top picks. Um, Or might have been one and two, matter of fact. I don't know. But anyways, we end up winning, and they get Andrew Luck. Obviously, that goes on. We get Justin Blackman. It kind of goes that way. But a lot of those guys on that team stayed on that roster because the way we finished the season, I think we won – four out of five or three out of five the last game or or the last five games. And it kind of springboarded us to go forward after that, right? So we started to play better. You just want to make sure you end this on a great note, especially with the Rams, all the injuries they've had, all the different guys they played. You want to make sure you go out there and play your best ball. And your best ball should be good enough to win this game.
0: Yeah. JB, talk about Bobby again, even saying, like, I'm going up to to, to face a team that I feel gave up on me. And, I mean, he's saying this publicly. It's all stuff we know. So, yes, they want to put their best effort out there. But the the emotion for this game, especially the last Week 18 game, the, the season finale for the Rams, there is no postseason. I, I would think that the leader that Bobby is, that this, this defense specifically, of course, with the offense, but this defense really wants to show up.
2: No doubt. I'm thinking of that um, Jordan meme. The, I took that personally as he looks down yeah. at, at his device, right? I think this is uh, that moment for Bobby Wagner a little bit. And I think back to how the season started, which was Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football at Lumen Field. The league could not wait to get that game in an island window opportunity to showcase it. But we all know Seattle loves Bobby Wagner a whole lot more than Russell Wilson. And this game was stashed away at the back end of the schedule. And it's going to be played, I think, in front of a regional audience, right? But it's prime time for Bobby Wagner and for the Los Angeles Rams, and especially for the consequences for Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. So I love that element, and I love that kind of bookend to what? The the last echo of the Legion of Boom, we would probably say, right, with Bobby Wagner going back Mm -hmm. home. Uh, But the other one is think of how that first meeting ended, DK Metcalf. Uh, finally getting over on Jalen Ramsey, catching the game-winning touchdown through good coverage in the end zone. Um, And I've learned, I think, as much about Jalen Ramsey this year as any year prior. Uh, Don't let the outside world tell you that Ramsey has had a down year, one of his worst years in horns. Like, that dude has been there. He's going to make every start. He's going to play over 1,000 snaps. I think he already has. He's risen to every challenge coming off two shoulder recoveries. He's put his, his face right back in the shredder in the running game. Um, And I think he was right there step for step with Bobby Wagner. You could see how much that defense rallied around Wagner, their captain in that first opportunity. And I can't wait to see him do it again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, I, JB, that was a little bit at me, I think, behind the scenes. I've been a little bit like, was I really maybe earlier in the season and now watching the back half and sort of re-looking at the tape of what Jalen does when the ball's not going towards him too? Like, foot in my mouth, that was wrong. He is still that guy for what sure. What did you say? Wait, what did you he, say? Nothing. No, oh, never no, Never anything. <laughs> but I think I think there were some times where I was just like, Okay, you know, you know that that DK touchdown. It's like you guys are talking a lot of smack, but but that happens oh, when yeah. you're playing against elite players, you know. And when you have two elite players, that's that's going to happen. But how many elite yeah, that,
2: players are still in, still going out there in the midst of a losing season and they are the locking up the opposing gunner on special teams? Show, exactly. me, show me a number one corner who's played more special teams snaps than Jalen Ramsey this year. Nobody. Absolutely, absolutely
0: one?
1: no. And not not Definitely only is not. he playing it, guys. Like the effort that he's giving is phenomenal. It's <laughs> no better doubt. than the guys that are coming off the bench to play special teams at times, right? Like exemplary.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's.
1: I think I think. Uh, Isn't it's not only you, Eric. It's it's the it's the world, right? Like everyone's upset at Jalen Ramsey because the way he talks, the way he carries himself. But I, I think this matchup. Uh, against DK Metcalf is round two of, of, you know, DeMarco always likes boxing, right? I don't, I'm not a as big of a boxing fan as DeMarco, but it was uh, Pacquiao who had like three fights. Who was, who was the Marquez, guy? Marquez, yeah. here we go hey, again. Look, remember the third one? It was like, there's all, we're just fighting now. Pretty much. It's just, yeah. There's no technique. We're just throwing haymakers. That's what this is going to be like. There's going to be no technique in this thing. It's going to be locked up man to man. You got him You go Bobby Wagner, handle your business. And I think this defense is going to rally around them. I'm I'm excited. I'm actually really excited to see the way this defense plays because the way the Seahawks are playing offensively, they jumped on the Jets last week and really took it to them. I want to see how this defense responds after losing to the Chargers and seeing the way that offense played for the Seattle Seahawks
2: last week. Except for Sauce Gardner locking up DK and basically wiping the receivers off the game plan because... Uh, Lockett was banged up. He's playing through a broken hand, went back to the locker room through a leg contusion, I think. Metcalf got nothing. This was the tight end game. This was the Colby Parkinson arrival game. So I think it's something that the Rams have to be aware of is the composition of the the targets and the offense might look a little bit different. But yeah, in its truest form and its best form, that uh, father-son meme between DK and Jalen is going to like go back and forth three or four times over the course of this contest.
0: Absolutely. Do we want to throw out and some any matchups we're interested in before we we say goodbye?
3: That How one. about one of those? <laughs> that's, that a, one. that's a fun one. Yeah, that's a fun one. Um look, I have no doubts about that guy, um, about Jalen Ramsey at all. And I have blocked out the noise. Um any kind of hate is just hate. Uh if you're watching tape, you understand. If you've been out there, you get it. Um it's like the chef actually washing dishes and closing his own restaurant when you talk about him playing special teams. He does everything you cannot get him off the field. So that matchup will be something to watch. Um, Bobby Wagner and the defense. Um, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, this will be the first time the Rams defense will finish outside the top five in sacks since like 2018, 2019, or whatever it was. So, But run defense has been exemplary. So I hope that carries over. And that was a one-game hiccup versus Heckler, who was great that day. So if you force the game back on the Geno Smith, uh, that's that's part of it. Now you've got to finish it by getting them on the ground and getting to the passer. So let's hope some guys that have taken some big giant leaps the last month, take an even bigger leap in Seattle. You're
2: going to need it. Absolutely. JB. I'll go with uh, Sean McVay against first year defensive coordinator, Clint hurt, because it doesn't seem like it matters who the quarterback is for Los Angeles or who's playing and not playing or coordinating the defense. Sean McVay has the Seahawks number. Uh, his game plans work against the schemes of the Seahawks he's done it with Jared Goff uh he's done it with Matthew Stafford he's done it with John Wolford now I hope he gets to do it with Baker Mayfield and if you look at this little pattern five game sample size for Baker uh huge breakout performance in his arrival against the Raiders lackluster showing in Green Bay Blowout of the Denver Broncos they stub their toe a little bit against the Chargers uh, hopefully this continues for one more iteration and they finish uh, with a 30 plus point performance in Seattle.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We are, we, go ahead, MJD.
1: Oh, I was just going to say uh, Baker Mayfield versus uh, Woolen, the big tall six, four corner, right. Who got a pick in the last game, um, whoever that receiver is going against him, If you are going to throw it to him, make sure it's a, with a route runner, right? Not a guy that is going down the field where he can use his speed and his size. He struggles coming out of his breaks a little bit. So, uh, that matchup is, you know, how how is Sean McVay and Baker Mayfield going to attack uh, that one defender there who's, who's had a great year as a rookie? I want to say, what, nine picks, eight or nine picks on the season, um, which is pretty good.
0: Definitely. And I want to just throw out the O-line. We've had a little bit more shuffle as well. Try to keep Baker protected to be able to you know, actually get the ball down to these second, third progressions and, and spread the field. That Higby game was huge. And it was because we spread it. He's been clicking with Van Jefferson. He's even bright, you know, Bryson Hopkins getting some big catches down the stretch. We really need to protect Baker to let him get the ball acro- across the field. You guys, thank you so much for, for hanging out this morning. It's pouring rain. Um, I hope that the weather clears up. I hope that it'll be a little warmer in Seattle. I haven't checked the weather forecast, so that that's bad on me. Um, but I just want to thank you guys. Thanks, MJD, JB, and DeMarco for tuning in to this edition of Between the Horns presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers. We'll see you next time. Have a great week 18.